Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing W-A-I-O in your Play Store. Somebody shout, Shana Tava! This is the purpose of the shofar. God comes every year and says, wake up. I'm ready to do something. I'm wanting to move you in another season. This is a wake-up call for us. It's a time to return to the Lord. And it's a time for enemies to be defeated that's been trying to hinder us from moving forward in the kingdom of God. God, why Why does God bring all this noise this time of year? Because He really wants our attention. So touch three people say, God's trying to get your attention today. Tell them, God's trying to get your attention. What is God wanting to do? I think I have this slide for you. Hopefully it's, it's 5778. Can I put that up? It's the Hebraic New Year. This, this, this symbol, in just a little bit, after we offer First Fruits offering today, you'll be getting one of these bracelets as a gift from us that says freedom on one side, boldness on the other. We believe it's a season to boldly go after the things of God. And there's a Hebraic symbol, which is this symbol, 5778. The year 5778 literally means securing your door to the future. There is a door that is open in this year that's not open any other time that allows us to move in to our future with God in a way we've never been able to move, from, move before. So touch three or four more people and say, get ready, I'm going through the door. How about you? Tell them, I'm going through the door. There's a saying for this season. Rosh Hashanah, there's a saying that says, may your name be inscribed in the book of life for a blessed new year. May your name be inscribed in the book of life for a blessed new year. This is what we really want to focus on just for a few moments here. May your name be inscribed in the book of life for a blessed new year. Traditional Christianity tells us that once you get saved or accept Christ, your name is put into a book. Right? That's traditional Christianity. But that is traditional Christianity. I want to show you today it's actually not biblical. Your name is not put in a book when you accept Christ. You accept Christ because your name was already written in the book. (laughs) The book of life is not about heaven or hell. The book of life is actually records in heaven that this time of year are opened. Let me show you case in point. I want to make sure we get this. Exodus 32, 32. Here's Moses. He said, yet now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book. Somebody say your book, which you have written. Now, let's think about that a minute. I don't know of any man, no matter how holy or great he is, that would say, Let me burn eternally in hell if they could not. So we know that's not really what that scripture is talking about. What he's saying is take me out of your blessings. Let me live the cursed life if my brothers and sisters can live a blessed life. That's what he's actually saying. It's it's blessing in life, death, and curse kind of book. Let me show you another one. Psalm 139.16. This one's a powerful. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book 
before one of them came to be. When you came to live on the earth, while you were still in your mother's womb, actually the ancient wisdom is the first 40 days you were in your mother's womb, your spirit stood before God and you accepted your assignment. And you said to God, yes, I will go to earth, I will be a part of this family. Some of us thinking, what was God thinking about? You know what I mean? But you'll be a part of this family. This is the way you'll grow up, and I accept this. I accept the challenges of it. I accept the good, the bad, the indifferent, because you're sending me on an assignment to the earth to be a purpose and to fulfill a destiny. Every person under the sound of my voice has a destiny to fulfill in the earth, and it's already written in the book of heaven. Touch two or three people right on the belly and say, you've got a big old destiny inside of you. Tell them. Now, listen. Here's where it gets really exciting. There's a court in heaven. This is in the Bible. That in these 10 days, from Wednesday night until we finish up Yom Kippur, the books of heaven are open. In heaven. And your name is recorded there and your destiny and your purpose. Here's what's exciting. A earthly court is formed for what purpose? To find the facts and to mete out justice. So if you go to an earthly court, they got one, one thing. We want to find out the facts and then we want to mete out the necessary judgment or justice due to the facts found. But that's not the court in heaven. The ancient Hebrew wisdom in heaven is they're not looking for facts to condemn you. The facts about the court in heaven, they're looking to find the goodness that's on the inside of every person. And how can heaven assist you causing it to grow and reach your full potential? Come on, somebody. Touch three people say, I love heaven being like that. Tell them. So heaven's looking at your destiny and potential and they're asking, how can we assist them? What angels do they need? What provision? Who do we need to bring in their life this year? What circumstances do they need to face? What challenge do they need to overcome? What kind of resources are they going to need? And all of heaven is wanting to back you up this year so you have the most blessed, fulfilled year you've had up to this point in your destiny. Let's go quickly. This one got me, Psalm 56, 8 through 9. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know, for God is on my side. What's he saying? He's saying every trial... Every sorrow, every misery, everything you faced, it's not been forgotten. It's been recorded in a book. Your tears have been put in a bottle. And God says there's a reward on the other side of whatever you've had to go through in this life. Come on, somebody. Touch three or four people say, you're about to get blessed. You're about to get a reward. You, you, you didn't go through that sorrow for nothing. You didn't go through that trial without God having a purpose in it. It's recorded in heaven and you will be rewarded because you came through. 
That's why it says in Revelation, he's got a reward to overcomers. How about this one? Luke 10, 20. Do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What's he saying? Don't rejoice in the manifestations. Rejoice in the fact you've been authorized. Hebrews 12 says you've been registered. You've been registered. Look at it. You've been, Hebrews 12, the church of the firstborn whose names are, one one translation says, registered in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all the spirits of righteous people made perfect. You are, your name is registered in heaven as believer. Your name is registered. When they're going through the courts, they see your name, believer. Registered, authorized. Authorize. Now you understand better. Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Why? Because you're registered and you have authority to live in the earth and establish God's kingdom purposes in your sphere of influence, your family, your business. Touch three or three or four people say, you've been authorized. Tell them you've been authorized. These books are open. These books are open and you choose. Your whole life is a sum of your choices. You see, most, I was brought up most of my life to be afraid of heaven and hell. But that's not biblical. What, I'm a, what we should be afraid of is not heaven or hell. What we should be afraid of is not fulfilling our destiny that God sent us to do. Because you will be rewarded or not rewarded according to how you fulfilled what you were here and sent to do. That's why it says, to whom much is given. Because to whom much authority is given, much is required. You will be held accountable for your wealth. You will be held accountable for your influence. You will be held accountable for your physical bodies like did you destroy them or did you receive life and walk all your days out? See, I, I did a funeral this week. Young man died at 49 years of old. Should not have died. He aborted his destiny. So you choose. So heaven's all open for you. Books are laid open. And however you choose these 10 days to live next year, heaven will back you up. Look at this, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. How do you choose life? It's right here. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying him, and by holding fast to the Lord. That's how you choose life. By loving the Lord. Obeying him and holding fast to him. I'll never forget, I was uh, young in my walk with the Lord and in ministry, and I, and I was watching a lot of Christian television at the time, which was actually confusing me because I was hearing so many mixed messages. And I'd hear one preacher get up and talk about living an overcoming life, being victorious, breakthrough, you know, this kind of language. And then I'd hear another preacher talking about, no, it's just bare, you know, poverty, sorrow. 
just bear the suffering. You just, this life is for one thing, it's to suffer, suffer through life, and then make heaven, and everything's going to be given you when you get to heaven. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm confused. And so how many of you ever prayed, but you didn't really believe God would answer? You know, you've asked him, not like, bless me, it's like a hard question. Like, God, I want to know this. And you, but you don't really believe he's going to answer you. I mean, you think, well, maybe I'll hear a sermon down the road, or, or I'll read a book, or I'll read the Bible. So I went out into an open field. And I said, God, here I am. You know where I'm at. Here's the deal. I've heard it this way that says I can live an overcoming life. But I've heard it this way that know that I just suffer through your sovereignty and do the best with what I got until I get to heaven. I said, look, I'm good either way. If it's this path of suffering, I'm in. Because I just want to follow you. If it's this path of, path of overcoming, I'm in. I just want to know the truth. Which way is it? And just like this, an audible voice came out inside of me and said, your choice. Your choice. It's like the Lord said, everybody wants to put it on me. It ain't on me. It's on you. You choose. Because your life is a direct result of the choices. Are you going to align with heaven and God's will and heaven's will? Or are you going to align with your own will and your own way? Your own way and will will lead you to death and destruction. Heaven's will will lead you to blessings and prosperity and the goodness of God being released in your life. So you get to choose. You get to choose. Isn't that awesome? So now this is the season to choose. And if we choose to really abandon ourselves to God, you say, well, what does that look like to choose? Will you choose to obey? Choose to live a life of obedience. Choose to give. In a minute, we're going to do another first fruits offering. For some of you, it's like, oh, my God, it's first fruits again. For others who've made a choice, it's, woo, it's first fruits again. You see the difference? You choose. Do you want to grow? Or do you want to be like a lot of Christians who are in church 20 years and they're no more spiritually mature than they was when they started? Or are you going to say, I'm going to grow? What does that mean? You're going to have to take a step and get in one of our equipment classes. If you haven't been to Freedom Track, you need to choose. I'm going to obey God and I'm going to get in. If you've not gotten into a house of light, you need to choose. This year, I'm getting my behind in a house of light with other believers because I'm choosing life over death, blessing over cursing, and I want to grow this year and become spiritually mature in my life. Or you can just sit here on Sundays and stay the same. But don't blame God. And don't blame me. It's your choice. I can't make you do it. I can't make you give first fruit. I can't make you clap and worship and shout. I can't make you take self. That's your choice. But I am responsible for telling you the truth. So at the end of this year, don't come to me looking for counseling. If you've sat on your butt all year and made no steps toward God and choices to move forward with Him, come on now. Don't make me preach to you on Rosh Hashanah. Some of you got to choose to let go of the past. Quit living your life as a victim. Yes, it happened to you. Yes, it's real. Yes, it hurt. Admit it, forget it, and quit it. 
And let's move on to the next place. Come on. Let's just move on. Chuck Pierce said something so powerful. I was with him yesterday preaching in Dallas. He said something, something powerful. He said, I can't think of one thing somebody could do to me that God wouldn't forgive them. He said, if anybody here has had something done to you that God can't forgive, we'd like to know what it is. Ain't nobody here had something done to you that God won't forgive that person that did it to you. So we need to let it go. Even though it was hurtful, painful, yes, but God has got a healing for you if you'll let it go and just move on into this next season. Come on now. Some of us need to choose to walk away from destructive habits. It's just a choice. Because it's, I'm not talking about uh, willpower. Because it doesn't work. Because willpower only works when you will strong. And I don't know about you, but my, when I'm tempted, I'm tempted normally when I'm weak. Not when I'm strong. So when, my, when I need my willpower, it's not available to me. So I'm not talking about willpower. I'm talking about choosing to embrace a destiny. In other words, a purpose. So in other words, I, when I choose God's path for my life, I wake up every day and I don't do some things that I maybe used to do. Why? Not because I'm using willpower not to do it. It's because I found something bigger, something stronger, something greater, even than my addiction or my behavior or my weakness. And now something called destiny grabs a hold of me and starts pulling me and moving me forward. And sooner or later, the seed of destiny breaks the husk of iniquity and I'm free and I'm following the Lord fully in Jesus name come on somebody Woo! so here we are we get to choose this Yom Tippura or Yom Tippura that's the shrimp at, uh, at the uh, Yom Tippura that's the shrimp over at Fuji no. Yom Tippura that's it Rosh Hashanah we get to choose. Now, she says, hey, what, do you want, what do you ask us to do? Well, it's pretty simple. Just ask you to obey God. So what does God tell us to do? This day that we're celebrating is supposed to be a noisy day. Clapping of hands, shouting, and blowing of trumpets. You say, why? I don't know. I got one thought which is the Hebraic wisdom, is they believe that even like we celebrate New Year's, December 31st on our calendar, that if you make enough noise, you will confuse the enemy and you can slip over into another year and leave everything behind and walk into another place. That's, that's, one, that's one thing. But God said in the Word, here's how I want you to celebrate it. Clap, shout, blow trumpets, give first fruits, and allow me to move you into a new year. So, let me just give you a little understanding, and then we'll just, we're just simply going to do it, right? This really got me to clap. To clap. This is interesting. Psalm 47.1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye peoples. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. You know what that word clap means? It's tacha, which means to clatter, clang, sound, blow trumpets, clap, strike. Is the best word for it. Strike may be the truest form of the definition of this. Describes pitching a tent or fastening a nail. Or driving a peg or a stake in the ground. In other words, I'm, when I clap my hands, 
celebrating this new year. I'm putting a stake in the ground. I'm saying you're not going to take territory from me. I'm going into a new place, and I'm staking my claim in the spirit of what God wants to do in my life. Now, it indicates energy and enthusiasm. Here, all nations are commanded to clap their hands hands and shout triumphantly to God. Formalistic religion seeks to discourage this kind of worship. Although God has built into the human being an almost instinctive urge to clap and shout when victory is experienced. God put in our very DNA. I know some of you yesterday. Come on. You're watching a ball game. And you just sitting with your conservative self, drinking your Diet Coke in your recliner. And all of a sudden, oh, woo! Touch four people say, I know you're telling the truth. Tell him, I know you're telling the truth. Because there is an instinctive something inside of you that when you experience victory for sports, for life, for anything else, there's a clapping, there's something in you that makes you want to express yourself over the victory that's happened. He said to shout, clap and shout. Both of them tied to trumpets. Great shout, Ezra 3.11 says. A shout of joy, a clamor, a blast of trumpets, the sounding of an alarm, especially with a trumpet, the cry of jubilee, a victory shout, derived from the root word ruah, to cry out and shout. Teruah is an ear-piercing, great noise, a sound that cannot be ignored. In just a few minutes, we're going to shout. And when we do, it's a sound that cannot be ignored. The books of heaven are open and heaven's watching and listening. And they're ready to respond to our expression of faith in the victory that we want to walk in this year. It's the same noise they brought when the ark came back. Come on now. It's tra- teruah is translated jubilee, literally the trumpet of the loud sound. And I love this because we said it's a significant season. They say teruah is a significant term for this season. Isn't that good? Shout, clap, blow the trumpets. Why? Because God is watching and we're choosing life over death, blessing over cursing. We're choosing to love the Lord, obey Him, and cling to Him as we move into this new season. I like the three words, taka, teruah. Y'all may not have heard this one, terumify. comes from teruma. You know what teruma means? First fruits. Here's what Psalm 44:30 says. Bring the best of all the first fruits of any kind, and it will cause a blessing to rest upon your house. The Hebraic mindset is you can terumify your life. What does that mean? You can actually secure your financial future, future from the enemy and circumstances through first fruits giving. They believe if you give the Lord the first, the blessed is rest, and the enemy is destroyed from off, the, off, off, off your life financially. They call it terumify your life. 
they believe in giving first fruits, it causes literally the blessing of the Lord to rest on you in a way nothing else can. It's tied to the story in the book of Kings that you've heard many, many times where it says a widow had one meal left. Here's where the word teruma comes from. One word, one meal left. And told the prophet, here's what my plan is. I'm going to eat this meal and die. I love what the prophet said. He said, go and do as you've planned. <laughs> he said, go ahead and go and do as you planned. But make me a meal first. Terumify. He said, go ahead. If that's your plan, go eat and die. But before you do, make me a meal first. Terumify yourself. It says, so she went, made him a meal, but then there was enough for her. And it says for three and a half years, I've never seen this before, it, she fed herself and him. For three and a half years, the one meal lasted and never went out. Terumified her life through first fruits giving. Now, your choice. There again, you know, it's, this is not about raising money. This is about do you want to follow the Lord and cling to Him? Doesn't matter how much, whatever God speaks to in your heart, it's just obedience. What we're saying is we just know the books are open. We know what God has said. He said, if we clap, if we shout, if we blow the trumpets, and by the way, who all's got your trumpet in here with me today? Just raise them up high. I don't, I don't see all the trumpets. That's what I'm talking about. We remembered that when we started this journey with these trumpets that something powerful happened. And in just a few minutes, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. And I believe we're going to experience what Joshua 6, 5 did. Here's what it says. They will make one loud noise from the trumpets. And when you hear that noise, tell all the people to begin shouting. And when you do, the walls of the city will fall down and your people will be able to go straight into the city. Now, I, this is just my belief. I believe that the sound that's released today is going to break hindrances and barriers and demonic forces that's trying to keep you from making the right choices. But that's going to be broken today. Fear, one of the biggest things that keeps you from following God's fear. The other one's pride. Because you think you can handle it without him. But I believe as we make the sound today is not, for, not to make the choice. It's to get you to the place where you're free to make the choices you need to make moving into the year. And if you make the right, the right choices to follow God this next year, you will determine the level. He said, draw nigh to me. I'll draw nigh to you. You can determine the level of God and his blessings and the depth of revelation knowledge that you live in next year, depending on how we follow God right now in this season. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.